All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. It is, uh, well, it's Friday again. And uh, so happy Friday to those of you who are watching or listening live. And yes, by the way, this is a live stream. Uh, if you are on Facebook right now, of course, Facebook slash facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, um, you can chime in ask questions actually of our guests who I'm going to introduce here in just a few minutes, make comments, send us funny emojis if you want to, but please engage. We'd love to have you engage. And those of you that are on the YouTube, uh, the Boca podcast, YouTube channel, same thing, please get engaged, make this a group conversation. Uh, it'll make it a lot more enjoyable that way. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of this though, do know that we live stream every one of our Boca podcast episodes now. And if you follow us on Instagram at Boca Podcast, you can keep up to date with when the next episode is going to be live streamed. Uh, we usually do two. We even have some weeks coming up with three in a week. A lot of content coming out. So come hang out with us. Again, make it a group conversation and uh, take advantage of the opportunity to engage with our guests. I think that's super, super important. Uh, just very quickly here, before I introduce our guests, I want to remind everybody something that we've been talking about here on an ongoing basis. Uh, I'm going to pop up my screenshot here, my receipt from today, uh, where I donated to Charity Water, and that's charitywater.org is the website. You'll notice it's just a very small donation of $40. It doesn't take a lot to make a difference. Um, we, My friend Sean Lee, and I'm going to pop up the graphic from his episode, uh, episode 464, came on the show a little while back. This has been maybe a couple of months ago or so, and Sean really inspired me to do more to give back. And Sean's focused on his local community in Detroit, but whether you're giving to local community or you're giving to an international organization like Charity Water, and I'll pop them up here on screen just so you can see, uh, it's important that we look for opportunities to give back. So please do just that, whether it's Charity Water or some other organization, look for opportunities, even just a little bit. Those little bits can make a big difference. With Charity Water, 40 bucks means somebody gets clean drinking water. And uh, I've, I've promised to do that before every Boca podcast episode, and I'm going to continue to try to do just that. All right. So let me go ahead and introduce our guests for today. And this is kind of a, this is a new thing for us, actually. We have, uh, well, we're going to have three people on screen. I'm here with my longtime friend, former Boca podcast guest, multiple occasions. Andreka is here with me from Andreka Photography. And then we have a brand new guest, Becky Gast, who is also Andreka's assistant, is here. Say hello, everybody. Hi, I'm hello. so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, it, and it's great to, to have you here. And, um, and yeah, we already have uh, somebody chiming in saying hi from Gatlinburg. Hey, Sunshine, thanks for, for saying hello. Love that name, by the way. Um, and for everybody who might be live streaming or listening live, don't hesitate to say hello, ask questions, comment, send us funny emojis, make us laugh if you want to. Uh, although I don't think it's going to take a whole lot today. We, we tend to laugh quite a bit uh, when Andreka is <laughs> involved in the conversation. So, <laughs> But it's really cool to have you all here today. And just to, to introduce the premise of the conversation for anybody who's just chiming in, um, we're going to be talking about what it means not just simply to delegate, but to delegate to an assistant who, in this case, also happens to be a friend. Adds a little extra layer of complication there. Um, but I really appreciate the both of you being willing to come on the show and, and hang out with us today to talk about this. And we're really going to actually dive right in. 
Andreka, I want to kind of set up as a premise for our conversation, your experience with Photographer's Edit. So we're kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit. You've had the opportunity to work with Photographer's Edit. For anybody listening and or watching who doesn't know, I happen to be an owner at photographersedit.com, which of course specializes in custom image editing for professional photographers. But Andreka, you've worked with us for a little while now. I'm curious, what is that? A little, a little while. <laughs> Just a little while. <laughs> Just um, a little while. And, and I, wanted, I, I wanted you to share a little bit about your experience working with Photographer's Edit because it's probably been a bit of a learning curve, right? In the process of delegating something to someone else. Maybe you can comment a little bit about what that experience has been like and ultimately kind of the, the big lessons that you've learned from working with PE. Well, I've been working with you guys now for over 10 years. Wow. I think that's right. Isn't that crazy? So 10 years. And I think I learned really early on in my business how important it is to outsource. Um, but I think it's a constant learning experience to remember that it's the balance between your outsourcing and your business. So letting go of some of the control. Um, but you have to make sure you're doing it with someone that you can trust. So I think there's three like kind of important things that I think I've come across and learned with PE. And that would be one, I get to, well, first off, do what you love the most and do what you like or what you're good at the most in your business. Sure. And editing is not that. Like no. it takes up too much time. <laughs> I want to be with the people shooting and I'm not yeah. that good at it as, as other people are. So mm. I think I realized really quickly on with photographers edit that give it to someone who knows what they're doing better than I do. Um, and then from there, I have more time to do what I like and I'm not going to get burned out so quickly. And then I think the other big thing is realizing, especially I think, and I'm sure you've realized this a lot through the business is the industry has changed a lot over the 10 years. The, the, um, technology has changed. The styles have changed the way in which people edit has changed. So not only is it been set, it's not a set it and go. So like realizing that I'm going to have to constantly communicate and yeah. communicate with photographers out about what we need, mm. what I need, what you need. Mm. And then knowing since we have such a longstanding trust and the customer service, I mean, I think I say this every time I'm on photographers at its customer service is the best. I know <laughs> even if there's miscommunications, everything's going to get taken care of. I've yeah. never had any lack of trust. And I have so to I give a major shout huge. out to my customer service team too, because I would be nowhere without them. Um, I, it's, I'm super, super lucky. And, and I was just meeting with them yesterday and, and I, as I do pretty much at the end of every meeting that we have, we have a me weekly meeting, we're working remotely and I just say, thank you all so much for what you do. It's not possible to do what we do without you. And so I'm glad that you bring that up. I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but it's, it's, it really is so important that, that we give them yeah. the credit that is due. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is being that, you know, the first thing I outsourced in my business was accounting because I started a business and I don't know anything about numbers. Now, now I'm starting to. I think year 15, I'm finally figuring out how to use a business bank account. Don't follow my business advice. Okay. Follow my outsourcing advice. Okay. And then the second thing I outsourced was the editing. Mm. And it's funny when I meet photographers who have never done it because I think, oh my gosh, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you could have so much more in your life. Yeah, it, it's true. And, and actually, maybe while we're paused on this idea here, maybe let's tie in your first point, which is you were talking about doing what you love and, and focusing your time on that. But I think a lot of photographers argue that they like editing. And I mean, I can even speak to this to a point as much as it frustrated me as a photographer to handle my own editing before I started Photographer's Edit. 
there were elements of it that I, that I enjoyed and I still enjoy. It's fun to open up Lightroom and play with presets and see how an image looks once you do this thing or that. But at the end of the day, to your second point, you could have more of a life if you're willing to give up that busy work. Um, if we if we yeah. based everything that we spent our time on just on whether or not it's fun or we enjoy it, we would literally not have a life. We wouldn't have a business. And a lot of photographers, I think, are struggling with their businesses because that's kind of the mentality. If I like it, I'm going to do it. If I don't, I'm not going to do it. And and I think that's a bit of a simplistic mindset to have. I love that you're building on this and talking about the significance of time and time management as it relates to delegation. Yeah. And you know, talk about the editing aspect. I think photographers edit the way they're organized for me is I don't use a simple preset that they have that you can create, but I do my own images. So if there's like 10 images or 20 images I love, I'll go in there and edit them and send them to you guys, which then I get a little bit of editing. I just have to do all of it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the cool thing is that there's a lot of control in the process. Many photographers don't outsource their editing for the sake of that C word control, right? They, they want the, the idea of giving that up to somebody and trusting them with that and, the, the reality, which is that it's going to reflect their brand or represent their brand. That's too nerve wracking for, for many photographers. You actually have a lot of control, not only in the look of the images, because you're telling us how to process the images. So it matches your style, but then you can give us the ongoing feedback, which is something you said earlier as well, which is super, super important to, for, for everybody listening to remember whether you actively delegate editing or anything else, or you don't, it's in order to make delegation work. And we're going to get into this in more detail, especially with Becky. And again, Becky, thank you so much for holding on here for just a second, because we're going to come to you here. Um, I think it's important to remember that in the process of delegation, it's not just simply one and done. We don't just hand the, the task over, whether it's editing, album design, accounting, email management, social media management, any of it. We don't just say, hey, I need you to do this thing, hand it off, and it's done. It's a it's an active, ongoing relationship, which is centered around, I think, anyway, for a good delegate and a good experience with delegation. It centers around communication. There's got to be ongoing communication. A lot of photographers get frustrated in the process of outsourcing editing because they just kind of expect to be able to hand the thing off and be done. That would be wonderful. But we're human beings. We're not like these these magical beings that can read each other's mind. Right. So that requires communication on an ongoing basis. And so I'm glad that you highlight, and, and I know, I mean, just based on our working relationship that you actively communicate with our team. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like it's, it's, it's so needed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I keep coming back time after time. I think I've said this before that I've looked at other going other companies and I've tried and I always come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate that. And, and I just wanted to, I didn't want to kind of park here. And I, I told you before we got started, I was like, this is, I don't mean for this to be a, a photographer's edit commercial. What I want our listeners to, to gather a little bit is some context to the conversation, which is before beginning to work with Becky, you had the opportunity to delegate, um, as you said, your accounting, also your editing. And I think it's important to have context to what that experience um, is like you talked about the the significance of communication. Certainly, an ongoing communication is really really important, and um, the willingness to trust. And we've got an incredible team that will certainly reward that trust for those of you listening in who maybe have not outsourced editing before. I think that's really important. Any any last words when it comes to delegation with editing? You know what I want to say is go back to what you had said about control. I mm. think. That is a huge thing that most photographers, especially new photographers, it's scary to let go of control because the business is you. But if you really think about it, and now, you know, being in business as long as I have, the more I let go of control to the right people, the more my business can grow. So I think there's a balance between 
understanding. I mean, isn't life all about letting go of control in some level? So I think with your business, in some way, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think <laughs> finding that balance of you're controlling, but you have to let go in order to really expand and grow. If you mm. always just do everything, control everything yourself, you're really pigeonholing yourself. Like you can't, I mean, the things I've learned from both of you, like the way my business has expanded in different ways because of advice both of you guys have both given me has helped. And I never would have seen that if I wouldn't let go of any of control. I think that's really great. And we'll kind of end this point because I know we could spend a lot of time here, but you, you make a super important point, which is the the significance, not just of letting go of control, but the benefit on the other side of that, which is scalability. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. photographers, again, being sole proprietors, and I was certainly gu- guilty of this, we're like blinders on heads down in our business as mm-hmm. sole proprietors. And we're not even in many cases probably thinking about the idea. In fact, that word scalability, it, it sounds kind of super corporate and like, how is that even relevant to me? But if we want to grow our business, we have to develop systems that will enable us to do so without getting burnt out. And that's where this idea of scalability comes in. And part of what enables scalability and minimization of burnout or the potential burnout is the ability to let go of control and to give that task or series of tasks over to somebody else. And it will enable us to not only focus our time on the things that will actually help grow our business, uh, but we can also have a life in the process too, which I know you're all about. I mean, can, can we can we tell our listeners where you just got back from? <laughs> yes. I, so like this just is actually- like give us the 90 second synopsis because this is still mind blowing to me. <laughs> so I work in Northern Michigan most of the time. My most of my business is in Northern Michigan. I split my time between Northern Michigan and Florida most of the time. This past fall in November, I wanted to travel, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Bali for six weeks just six weeks. And then all of a sudden, I think because again, I've outsourced because again, Mm. I've set my business up in a certain way. Every month I was supposed to fly back and every month I'd stay. And I ended up spending six months in Bali and I still have my business. It's amazing. And to think that the six months I was still able to grow my business, I'm ready to go into the biggest season I've ever had. Mm. And Becky would see me Every week, we would still have our call. Like, we Mm. would still work. We would still do our things. But I was just able to outsource and live in a different, literally on the other side of the world, which was pretty cool. (laughs) It's it's really, really cool. But I think it's a a beautiful representation of what's possible when we leverage these types of relationships. So that's a beautiful segue, really, into our conversation with Becky. And Becky, we're going to get you more involved here. I do want to start off, though, with one more question specifically to you, Andreka. What was the impetus actually for even beginning the conversation with Becky, the possibility of hiring her as an assistant? I mean, was it overwhelming amounts of work, looking for different, like a shift in your daily workflow? What was the the push? So I love this story. It's kind of twofold. So I had been hiring different people to do a lot of different things for, I'd say, two or three years. All great people. And I just noticed, you know, basically at year 10 of my business, I, in my mind, went from thinking I'm a photographer to I'm a businesswoman. And when you switch that mentality from I take photos to I run a business, all of a sudden you've got marketing, you've got social media, you've got emails, you've got sales funnels, you've got, you know, all the things that actually encompass business running, not taking photos, delivering photos. And at that point, I realized my brain cannot do it all. Again, outsource what you're not good at. So what am I going to do? And I started hiring different people to do different things. And it just something wasn't clicking. And I was constantly kind of, I don't want to use the word disappointed because 
I guess I was a little disappointed, but I also realized I didn't know if it was me. I don't know if it was them. And also they were moving on with their lives. And one day it's Christmas and I would always go to my dear friend Becky's house and spend at least a night or two with her over the holidays when I would fly back to the Midwest in Michigan. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, do you want to work for me? And I can't remember if it was that time or like a year later. But like a year later, it's Christmas again. I'm sitting on the sofa and we're seriously started talking about this. And Becky, I'll let you talk about where you came from from it. But like, I was like, I gave her a task. This is the thing. I gave her a task to do. And she did it in like a quarter of the time of everybody else that was charging me per hour for it. And she just did it like this. And I was like, wow. And it just happened up timing wise to sync. And I was like, let's just try it out. Let's just see how it goes. No commitment. Let's just see how it goes. <laughs> two years later, it's still working really great. Two years later. Wow. Right? Okay. I think two years. I think it's been two years. Yeah. I th- yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. I had just retired from teaching from mm. 20 years of teaching. And so okay. I was looking for something to fill my time. And it was perfect. It was a low stakes task. That I was like, oh, you're paying someone to do that? I could do that. <laughs> and like Andreka said, I just, you know, blew through it. And so mm. it was a good way to start because it was just data entry. So something that it had was. been on her mind and like driving her crazy and something that kept falling to the wayside of her to-do list. And so it was the perfect thing for me to pick up. And that was that was the start of all of it. Okay. I think we were sitting on sofas drinking cocktails at the time watching like a cartoon and her kids dance in front of us. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's a pretty like Cinderella kind of intro to the story. And we're going to, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it though, because I, I want to give our listeners context again to the, to the depth of the conversation regarding this process of delegation. And, and, you know, I, I think I, I mentioned this to y'all before we got started, especially when it comes to editing. And I even alluded to it, I think a little bit earlier as well expectations management is huge, right? And it requires really great communication. If the communication never breaks down, then we miss out on expectation. And then that kind of sets us up for disappointment. And the reality of this, of course, this is true in really any relationship, personal or professional. Um, so we're going to get in, I, I want to get into some of the details of what that looked like, especially at the outset. But what was the, um, I, I guess when, when it came, came to that initial conversation about the possibility of working together, was there initially apprehension um, especially with with a friendship involved, uh, you know that, that's a, that's a bit of a nerve wracking conversation. Jill, my girlfriend, and I just started working together at Photographer's Edge. She heads up our digital marketing. She's producing this podcast, and that was a really important conversation to be had. Do we do we number one kind of mix personal and professional, and then if we're going to do that, how do we effectively manage it so it doesn't hurt the personal relationship, which of course comes first? What did that sound like for you all? Do you want to go first, Becky? <laughs> sure, I'll take this one. Um, I'm curious. I don't know what you're well, going to say. <laughs> I mean, I keep using the word low stakes, but I think that that really helped us at the onset is that it was a, just a really simple task. It wasn't reflective of Andreka's brand. It wasn't reflective of the voice. It was just really like a simple data entry task that either I would do for her or honestly, it just wouldn't get done. So it that that was a good start. But she was also really clear about, you know, this is how much I'll pay you. This is how many hours I expect a month. And that was enough to get us started initially where it just felt low risk for our friendship too. Like, I yeah. don't think either of us really felt sense. like, oh, this could jeopardize our friendship because it was such a small thing. 
Um, we can talk later on as my role <laughs> became more involved about how we had to evolve our communication. But at the outset, it was pretty straightforward. Okay. And yeah. Andreka, your, your take just on that piece of it? So kind of the same. Like I was like, these are things that are never going to get done. And it was very minimal. Like it was kind of like, if she doesn't do it, I don't care. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. If she comes to me and says, you know, her daughter has a basketball game and she can't get to it. Although I don't think either of your daughters actually play basketball. I don't know why <laughs> that totally made that up. I totally made that up. It did. It did. <laughs> I'm like imagining Emerson playing basketball <laughs> with her unicorns. <laughs> well, okay. So, so, so you're starting with low stakes. Again, low the stakes. Same, same concept again, where if, and, if it doesn't work out, then it's, it's not super impactful to the business or to your relationship. Right. And you know, I think I had learned enough and I think I learned this early on with the hiring of the other people. And I've always been like this, like, this is what I need. Can you do it? If you can't, no problem. As opposed, like being clear, I think being clear is so important Mm. when you're running a business. Expectations. Clear expectations, leverage expectations. Like, Mm. oh my gosh, always leverage the expectations. And I think that was it. Like, I, I wouldn't even thought about bringing that up, but you're right. It was like, this is how much I have to spend. How much? And then also asking you, like, how many hours can you put into it? What's mm-hmm. your lifestyle? What's your looking like? And at the time, mm-hmm. you had another job going on on the side as well, you know? And and I don't know if we want to jump into this this early, but the biggest thing is that I have a deep respect for Becky. So her family is always going to mm-hmm. come, mm-hmm. you know? And I think hiring people, going through a process of hiring people, you start to realize that, my business, this is my business. I can't expect someone else to care about it as much as I do. Uh, yeah. No matter what. But you can find people who at least care about you. <laughs> hmm. And and you obviously know? you've done that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, actually, that distinction. And being willing to acknowledge that, I think, is super important. That, re- of course, requires a bit of self-awareness, too, to do that. Uh, as far as... And this is funny because I just had this conversation with Jill, I don't know, a couple of days ago. I said, it's, I'm still getting used to this idea that I'm handing something over to you and asking you to do it. In the, in the context of our personal relationship, it's, I mean, it's kind of almost the exact opposite. And then I'm constantly looking for ways to do something for her. So mm-hmm. now this idea that I have to shift and, and ask for her to do something for me, um, hand off a task, uh, is it's, I don't know, it's just kind of an unusual experience. And I don't know, call that immaturity on my part or just a little bit of apprehension to want to make sure I don't want to, you know, do anything to, to hurt our personal relationship. Whatever that might be, I'm curious if you all have experienced that, Andreka in particular, like handing something over to a friend and saying, hey, will you do this thing for me? I understand there's pay involved and that's great, but is, was that something to get used to a little bit? No. <laughs> You're like, no, I love being like, a maybe boss. I always, <laughs> no, maybe I always no. ask people to do things for me. I don't know. <laughs> okay. And Becky, you're saying no, so it didn't feel weird yeah. for you either? No, honestly, like I thought it was a great gig. Like you're going to pay yeah. me to do this? Great. Like I'm happy to do this for you. Like like I said, because we just started so small, there was nothing nebulous about what she was asking me to do. Ooh, I like that like, word nebulous. Like, That's good. Thank you. Okay, so this is my other big tip for hiring people. Hire people who are smarter than you are. <laughs> so a little that historical note yeah. that use big words and make you look smarter. Yeah. So a little side note, Becky and I are college best friends and That's we cool. studied together a lot. 
But the one semester I studied with her every day, pretty much, was the one and only semester I got on Dean's list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, this so, was this. That's actually kind of a cool, like an important point to this backstory, yeah. though, of even beginning to work with Becky. Like you, you've you've got a history there, which is cool on a personal level. Yeah. But then there's also an understanding you're working with somebody who's super smart. And so oh, yeah. naturally, it makes sense to look to, to, to hire her. That's that's really great. OK. Oh yeah, uh, Andre. Just so you know, it's just a little side note. I, I don't know if it's your chair that's shifting, or maybe the computer is shifting, or some combo of the above. But we're hearing that. Um, I oh, just okay. wanted to give you a heads up, just moving forward, so that we don't continue to hear moving. that. <laughs> no, I know. I was getting it's, so excited. It's so easy to get into conversation. I move too. I'm literally. I'm standing up. If I had to sit and have these conversations, it would be a little challenging, I think. But um, okay, so I, I want to shift to Becky um, a little bit more specifically, Becky, and I want to get your take on this because. Uh, again, perspective, all around perspective for our listeners when it comes to this idea of delegation. And of course, not everybody listening in is going to delegate to a friend, um, but it would be good to know what somebody, an individual, whether it's an in-house assistant or somebody at a third-party company, what it's like to be on the other side of that, right? And and so that's part of why I value this this conversation and your perspective so much, Becky. But I'm curious what your initial, we'll call them pain points, were in the experience of working with Andreka. And when I say pain points, what I simply mean is, all right, we're beginning to work together and initially, maybe after she's delegated a few tasks to you, you're like, okay, this would be, I think, a little bit more effective if, or this would be a little bit easier if, dot, 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 kind of fill in the blanks. Can you share your perspective on that? Yeah. Um, as we started to kind of become more complex in the work that she was delegating to me, so things that involved, you know, more writing, more creativity, more of my input, uh, probably the biggest thing for me was understanding that my work was to service her brand. So there's a big distinction between my work and her voice. And I think the best example I have of this is I was writing a blog entry and boy, it was an A plus essay. Like I said, I came from a teacher background, so I approached it, you know, <laughs> you were super proud notes, of this thing. I had synthesized it beautifully. <laughs> I mean, it was fabulous. Yeah. And she was like, um, it's too stiff. It's too formal in tone. Mm, and okay. I was like, what? <laughs> and she was absolutely right. You know, mm. her brand is carefree, relaxed, fun. And this blog entry was not that. And so I had to, you know, I had to go back and had to rewrite it. And, you know, those are, those are definitely some kind of growing pains a little bit for me, especially since I was used to kind of being the one with the final say, um, is to, is to understand what my role was in supporting her and being able to take that feedback and, That's good. and understand what I needed to do to support her voice and her brand. Interesting. And, you know, th this is, I think, relevant on multiple levels. Again, just for the sake of context for our listeners and what that person or that company on the other side of us that we're delegating to, what they may be going through, what they're thinking about. But I know that some photographers also do a little bit of contract work, a little bit of work to help others out on the side, whether it's editing work or maybe some social media or something like that. And it really is important at the end of the day that, that we understand, we all understand the significance of serving the brand. In fact, for my company, Photographers Edit, the fact that we're taking care of our clients, our, our photographer clients, um, and ultimately their brand representat representation to their clients, we have to keep in mind what's important in that context. And that's, that's really, really huge. Okay, so maybe the flip side of that conversation, though, I'm curious... What would you say, again, from your experience working with Andreka, we're going to prop her up here a little bit. What would you say are maybe the, the top, we'll call it top three qualities 
of a good boss? Like what makes it easier for you? And again, this is super helpful for, for context for our listeners. They're going to delegate. What, what makes it easier for you as the person being delegated to, to do good work for Andreka or for another company? Well, like we've talked about already so much, you know, communication right off the bat is so important and being able to be clear in terms of expectations of content and time and tone, um, but also patience. I mean, Andreka has been very patient with me. This may have been where our friendship has carried us through sure, because sure. if I had been someone who she didn't have a relationship, uh, she she may have fired me a long time ago. Um, <laughs> because some of the tasks that she would have assigned to me that took me forever to master, she just, you know, just, she had invested in me. She had invested, our friendship meant more. So it went, you know, we, we worked through it until I could figure these things out. And like she alluded to, you know, she was understanding, like, her business isn't my top priority. So sometimes things do get in the way of me being able to complete things in the ultimate timely manner. Um, And when that happens, we've been able to sit down and address that and look at Mm. how we're communicating Mm. and what our systems are and, and figure that out. And again, I think that that is where our friendship has really helped us because I think it would have been easy to maybe just say like, oh, this isn't working, but because we don't want to, you know, let go of each other, we've, we've put in the time and the energy to, to figure out a better way to move forward. That totally makes sense. Okay. So I, I, I'm taking notes here and I've, and Andreka, I'll actually laugh at at this because we, again, we have a long enough friendship in history here. We've, I always give Andreka a hard time because rather than taking advantage of digital tools like Evernote or or whatever, she'll get a sticky note and slap sticky notes all Uh over the place. But Andreka, believe it or not, I've got a a notebook, a physical notebook here. I'm taking notes with a pen and paper. Can you believe it? I'm I'm learning from you. I was kind of hoping you were going to actually have post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be more fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but so I'm taking notes. And, and Becky, I, again, I really appreciate your perspectives. I wrote down three words here, communication, patience, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Em- being empathetic, empathy. Yeah. So the, the, I want to take that first one, though, because you talked about having meetings of sorts where you were talking mm-hmm. about how to better communicate with each other. What do those conversations sound like? Like, how did they even start? And, and then how do you work through those things effectively? Well, I wasn't doing the work like the we got to the point was the work was a little bit more open ended and the deadlines weren't as hard. And I just for myself was having trouble getting it done because it was always falling to the bottom of my priority list. So we established weekly check ins. And then eventually we established, you know, kind of, okay by this time, this time, this time. And it, it took awareness on you know, my part to just be honest and just say, like, I'm not getting this done. And it took, you know, understanding and a little bit of problem solving on Andrika's part to say, like, well, what if we establish the weekly meetings so that we can just Mm. go over this stuff? And those gave me kind of the mini deadlines that I needed to break down the scope of work and, and become more timely in the completion of my work. Okay. Uh, And, and, I know I keep saying it, but I can't stress this enough. I, I, I'm so excited that you all represent this concept of proactive communication mm-hmm. because the, the, the relationship breaks down if that doesn't happen. If there are assumptions, right. projections, 
communication is minimal, we can't read each other's minds, there's no way for us to effectively delegate to somebody else or for the person on the other side of that doing the work to effectively work for us if there isn't proactive and consistent communication. Mm-hmm. And I love that. The patience piece is is interesting. And I want to kind of touch, I want to get back to that, Andreka, here in just a little bit with you. Uh, but it kind of goes without saying, especially in the context of this, that patience is super important. Um, empathy, understanding where the business owner is coming from, also super important. So those are three pretty key points. Well, I, um, Becky, we'll come back to you here in just a little bit. I want to I want to kind of flip the table here and go to Andreka and get her perspective, kind of in a, in a very similar way. So Andreka, talk to me about your side of this. What were the initial challenges or pain points for you? Like what was the learning curve, if you will, or to be like super PC and corporate about it, what were the learning opportunities in this process of (laughs) of delegating more effectively to Becky? Well, it's been interesting because Becky and I have had this conversation a lot. Like we'll be talking and we'll be like, whoa, that was kind of that was a kind of cool idea that we just did. Or like, we'll talk about how well, and this is why I was really excited to do this podcast with you, how well it actually works because people are always saying, you know, don't mix business and pleasure, your friends and your work shouldn't, it gets tricky. And my biggest thing is, and Becky and I are constantly joking about this. And at first I couldn't understand her side of it, but we're always saying we both had to check our egos at the door. Mm -hmm. Like Mm. I, all of a sudden, even though I'm a boss, it even feels weird for me to call her my assistant. Like I still I always say my assistant and my best friend who's yeah. smarter than I am. Like there's a follow up with it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but like it's a checkered ego at the door. And, you know, one of the realizations was how differently and the expectations I had for Becky, like she had joked, like if she was anyone else, she would have been fired. Although that's not true. And it's funny when I hear her tell this story, because on mm. my side, any, I'm so appreciative of her. And I think mm. that's the biggest thing is we should all be appreciative. We should love our, our employees and whoever we hire so much that we will do anything for them and then they will feel the same for us. So like, mm. I'm so appreciative of her that anything she does, I feel, I mean, I'm paying her, but I feel grateful for anything mm. she's doing. So the fact that she'll come, I always joke, I'm like, Becky, it's fine. And I always joke, I'm like, I'm a photographer. It's not brain surgery. If the social media post does not get posted on Wednesday and gets posted on Thursday, Mm. my business is not going to go in the sinker. And I think that's a big thing for business owners to also realize is they put so much pressure on their employees and it's not one little tiny thing isn't going to do it. It's a whole collaboration. So then you got to come back to the communication and work at it, but it's not one thing that's worth exploding. Well, you talked about setting aside ego. I mean, I think that's so much of it, right? We put, we place so much importance on, in some cases, like the smallest of things, so much significance on those. And then we tie that to our business and our business isn't going to do this if, if this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, to your point, it really doesn't actually matter that much. So that helps maintain perspective. I'm I, I going to ask you here in just a second about, you know, similar to the way that I asked Becky, what you feel are the top three qualities of an assistant or somebody to delegate to. But you talked about how you could just never imagine firing Becky, and that's wonderful. But I also just to keep the conversation real, what would what would be or and maybe earlier on, like what would have been the line that I don't know we can call it the line that would be crossed that would lead to okay, you know what, this is just not going to work. And I know your personal relationship, like you would have salvaged that, you you would have prioritized that in that process. But that aside, at some point, like. We have to maintain perspective. We have to set aside ego. We have to to manage expectations. We have to practically communicate all of these things in order to make a working relationship like this successful. 
But at some point, if something's not working, we have to draw a line. That's just being a business owner. For you, what would have been that line or those lines? Well, I think this is what's so great about hiring a friend who you know their life and you know what's going on and vice versa. Like, I guess I wouldn't even imagine it being a firing situation. It would be like, where are you in your life? Where am I in my life? And it would just kind of like stop. Okay. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Like I can't. And to be honest, in my mind, I even think. I know Becky's probably not going to work for me forever and ever and for the next, you know, 50 years. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe 49, not 50. Maybe 49. (laughs) But I'm already like in my mind, and we talk about this and I talk openly with her about this too. Again, I think a lot of it comes down to communication and setting expectations. And I talk like, you know, what, what do you need? What do we need to keep this working? And how do I instill things in my business that want to keep her involved. Um, uh, like, I like that, you know, if we have new projects coming on that, the, and we've talked a lot because while I was in Bali, I was just focusing on crazy new, big, huge ideas, yeah. which we've talked a little bit about. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, you know, any new big projects, I want Becky to have a stake in it. You know, she didn't ask for it, but I want her to know that because she's there building it from ground level for me. And I just think there's a lot of, it just becomes easier when you're working with someone that you know the business relationship is secondary. That's fair. But I, yeah. I'm going to still push back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Let, let's use Photographer's Edit as, as an example because maybe that works a little bit better. I mean, obviously, we have a personal friendship that's developed over the years. But Photographer's Edit as an editing company is not your friend, right? So at what point where, just again, on a very practical mm-hmm. level, at what point would you say, you know what, this relationship with Photographer's Edit doesn't work because dot, 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 it's keeping me from doing this. It's taking too much time. Like what would be the reason to end a working relationship? And again, this is a conversation for the sake of perspective, keeping everybody in mind and our listeners. How would you answer that? For photographers edit or for Becky? No, no, no. For for photographers edit, because I I, I know that it gets, it's a little bit different and then you have a personal relationship with, with Becky, but photographers edit is a company, me aside, there's not a personal relationship there per se. It's just you, it's worked out fortunately over the long run that you've worked with us, but I, I'm, what I'm Maybe trying to get to is an issue is... I have in general with firing. I'm like, <laughs> it would just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire you guys. I would just be like, well, you know, it's just not working out. Well, yeah, but but, that's but I all guess I mean. it'd be like, uh, yeah, we can set the word you know, f- firing aside. Just that drawing the line, right? We, we at some point we right, say right, because right. the reality is, I mean, I've hired people that have not for a company that have not worked yeah. out for one reason or the next, and you have to have the hard conversation and let them go. I'm just curious where the line gets drawn because anybody well, I guess that it'd ever be the same for both. Okay. I think it'd be quality versus financial investment, right? So, like, is the quality and the time efficiency still worth the the financial investment, right? So, sure. I guess that would be the same for both. So, I guess in the sake of, like, photographer's edit, if it was getting to a point that the quality for some reason wasn't standing up to the financial amount or I, something else, I found something else that was better quality and better price, then I would probably stop using photographer's edit. And with Becky, I guess it would be a similar thing. Like if I found something else, which I can't imagine, (laughs) um, you know, that's what, that would be the kind of breaking point. Or if obviously if there's something moral, some moral morality aspect, 
But that's, I think, Becky that's looks I think like the have... type that's definitely to be a very, very bad girl, and and there's going to be some right. moral issue involved in the working right? relationship. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> I guess that's where the trust part comes in hiring people in general. Is you've got these two aspects that are what make you that maybe trigger you or make you want to fire someone. One is the like moral business ethics that just don't go align with what your values are, sure. right? And the sure. other is the actual job. So. And with any company you're using, these are probably the two factors. And I'm just flying off the cuff here. I've never thought of it this way. That's great. But these are the two factors you think about, right? Well, if you're working with someone that you've known for, I don't even know how many years. We'll just say 20 years. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then you know there's a good chance after 20 years, their business and moral ethics aren't all of a sudden going to do a 180 on you. Sure, sure. So you're really only basing with one. You only have to deal with one of the two things that might be an issue. And I guess with photographers that are the same, I've been, I'm a, I, you know this, I am a cheerleader. Like once I know maybe your business, the business moral or believe in the business moral values of a company, I'm in it. And I'm more likely to be lenient with the other stuff if I know this aspect, because that's really what's important to me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the time that it does, like Becky was saying, it's a learning curve and it takes time with both photographers at it and an assistant, mm-hmm. anyone you hire. So I think that's where having the history kind of bases the you have a little bit more patience with things sure um well i didn't mean to kind of belabor the point i just i was really curious to get get this side of the conversation because it's it's one that we're probably for any business owner who is going to begin delegating whether it's something small or large at some point you're gonna have to face the that question which is is this actually working for my business how am Mm -hmm. i going to decide that and then, of course, then you have to figure out how to have that conversation. In some cases, it's going to be less sensitive because there aren't personal relationships involved. Other times, maybe to be a little bit more sensitive. But again, I just want to kind of create a, a complete picture of what it means to delegate. And part of that is trying to figure out if, if a relationship maybe needs to be ended and you move on to somebody else. And so I just wanted to get that. And I appreciate your perspective on that. But let's, let's kind of go in a little bit more positive direction here. And, and it's this opportunity now to give Becky major props. But what would you say, from your experience, are... And, and again, for the context or for the sake of our listeners who are considering what it means to, to delegate or to outsource, what would you say are the top three qualities that they might want to look for in an assistant or in a company that they delegate to? She has me for a friend. <laughs> Is that that's the whole thing? Just okay. <laughs> um, so, you I mean you're asking me what are the top three? Just the qualities. top three qualities of, of a good assistant. Um, and good you know, maybe assistant. we can kind of project that onto a, a third party company like Photographers Edit. But let's talk about an assistant specifically. So, you know, I think you and I have talked about, and I know Becky and I have actually watched it, the Simon Sinek TED Talk. Start with why. Uh, Start with the why. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept is you want to hire people who believe in your why and why you do things. And I think when you're hiring someone who already knows you and knows who you are, you know, and one of the great things when you're hiring someone that knows you is you can be yourself. If you're like, you can, you don't have to worry about always being boss person, right? You can be a little more yourself with things and trust that it's okay. Um, I went off topic a little bit there, but with the Simon (laughs) Sinek, it's hiring someone that's your why, why you're doing something and they're in it for the reason, not Mm. for the money. Mm. And, and I think that's what I want to hire people who are in it for the why, but I want to pay them the money so that they stay and like it. So the money seems like just the icing on the cake. You know, I was just listening to, um, I think an Oprah podcast and she was talking about wealth and money and how 
everything is so focused on the wealth. And this is where people get upset, like how she's never really done anything for money. And she's never had a job and thought about the money in it. And I think that's so key with being happy in your jobs, no matter what they are, is just trusting that it all kind of work out. So if you're starting with, with shared values, I mean, that's, that's a great kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a big kind of ideal too, but starting with whether it's an individual or a company that you're looking to delegate to, and this seems to be a theme for you because you talked about it earlier as well, but looking for somebody who has shared values, because if you start there, um, you know that you've got a really solid baseline for the relationship, but then take us to the kind of the practical day to day working together. What are some of the qualities that you're looking for or that you've ultimately seen in Becky that have been super valuable as an assistant? It's easier for me to just point to Becky and tell you what she has. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just because, you know, and I think here's the thing. Like I, I joked about hiring someone who's smarter than you are, but it's kind of true. You want to hire, hire someone who fills in your gaps. And Becky and I fill in each other's gaps really well. And if you hire someone who you truly believe is smarter than you are, you're going to respect them when they give their opinions too. And when you have an assistant who can also share back their thoughts and you actually believe them, it just kind of enhance the whole experience in your mm. business in general. Mm-hmm. So her smarts and her organizational skills. And, you know, I think <laughs> are you, she's, just, she's laughing. I'm, la- I'm laughing because I am not very organized at all. <laughs> I'm glad you think I'm organized, but I'm really not that organized. Don't, it, but Becky, don't give away your secrets. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Like you, you you're doing a great job. She's happy with you. Right. I just, yeah. and, no, she knows. Ben she knows. That's the point. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sh- I'm organized to her, but she knows deep down. I'm not like a type A organized person. But it's enough, Again, obviously, to, to get the job done. It's, though, it's right? enough. So, yeah, right. that's the right. point. And the communication. And I think it really comes down to, you know, I didn't realize until working with Becky that I should, everyone I work with, I should respect the way I respect Becky. So anytime I hire anyone, I should think of them in the same way and treat them the same way. So even if you hire a friend for a short amount of time, the lessons you can learn from working with someone who you have to balance these two relationships helps you with anyone else you're going to work with in the future because you realize, oh, if I treat them this way and think of them this way, even if you think you are, again, check your ego at the door it can only make your business better. Well, and, and the other thing that's the word that's coming to mind too is, is you're talking and I, and I know I'm kind of going back to what you said earlier, but um, as I'm taking notes here, I'm writing down these, these things. Um, trust is another word that comes to mind. You kind yeah. of alluded to it earlier, but it seems like at the root of all this is, is trust. I mean, you know, Becky's joking about how she's not as organized as, as she should be or needs to be, or just isn't that organized. But yet you're like, oh, no, but it's not a big deal. You know that regardless of, of whatever her tendencies are, that the job is going to get done, you're able to trust that fact. And I, I know that photographers, I mean, especially with editing, but in general, the idea of handling or handing over something that they have been managing themselves, that is their, they would call it their baby, it's tied so closely to their brand. In order to do that, they have to be able to trust. And that's super important. And I mean, I, again, looking at my notepad here, but you talked about shared values, that enables trust. Um, somebody that complements your strengths and weaknesses that can kind of fill in those those gaps, another super important element to that working relationship. That then leads to that third point, which is trust. 
which is at the root of a, a really important uh, or a really good working relationship when you're delegating. So, uh, I mean, I think these are really key points. Anything else that either one of you want to add to the conversation, though? I think the communication I, aspect. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to say, the w- communication. <laughs> Speaking of, wow. Speaking of, <laughs> the irony. Well, yeah. just because the fact that Becky can come to me and say, mm. hey, I'm not doing this. I, I'm a big person where I, and you know, we talk about this too. The one thing that Becky, we haven't really touched upon, which is the fact that her and I, and this is, might be more of a unique situation to us. The fact that the two and I, to, two of us studied together, we went to school together. We kind of know how each other's brains work. Mm. And I'm a big person who wants someone to ask questions. Uh, and there's okay. a lot of people who don't ask questions. Mm. And that actually makes me question them. Interesting. You know, like I feel like questions are a sign of knowledge and a sign of strength, not weakness. And Becky asks questions and Mm. she's very clear of saying, I can do this and I can't do this. And Mm. I think that's building that type of relationship with an assistant that you can have someone who can openly say what they can and cannot do and set boundaries. I think maybe boundary setting between everything might be something that's helpful with hiring in general. So I'm, I'm writing, again, I'm continuing to write down here. So we, we're adding to that list trust and then communication, um, strong communication skills, boundaries. And, and let's kind of finish here. This is an interesting, I, I honestly didn't expect to go here, but what does that look like? Again, I understand it's a little bit of a different situation when we're talking about a personal relationship involved. Naturally, there's going to be boundaries. And this is something that Jill and I have fortunately, like really effectively worked through. But what does it look like? When you talk about boundaries, are you talking about that personal relationship or there's some other aspect of it? Uh, so, for example, I know, like, again, how I mentioned earlier, I know Becky has a life outside this. And you do, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. A little. <laughs> um, and, Becky, you can talk more to this. But there was a moment when we were in Bali and she's like, I can't. And I'm like, okay, instant. Like, what do we got to do? What do we okay. got to do to fix this? You've just hit your wall. What are we going to do to fix this? And now let's figure out what we're going to do to set up our boundaries and our space and how we can mm-hmm. make things and move forward. Mm-hmm. So, again, communication can lead to setting the boundaries of, like, I can only work. I need a Saturday off a day or I can okay. only do this time or I need noon. When you have the trust and the communication, it's easier to set the boundaries and to have them, again, checking the ego at the door. So I, as the boss lady, can take it and not expect her to always be there for me. That makes sense. Becky, please, I want your take on this, too. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that I, I think that that's really important. And it really, I, I mean, I would say, like, Andreka's responsiveness to my expression of that is unique among the bosses because I feel like, you know, there are a lot of times that as an employee and other jobs, you know, I've expressed to my employer, like, I'm tired or I'm burnt out or I'm at my wits end. And it's just like, well, you're, you know, you're fine. You can muddle through. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, we, but, and we changed things. We made like a really actually simple change that made Mm. a world of difference Mm. in my, you know, outlook and kind of ability to do things. Um, and so I, I just think that that, that just deepens that trust and those setting of those boundaries is really, it's just really important for everybody. Um, I wanted to jump back too, if it's okay. She was talking about asking questions, which I know she really likes and was so important early on. But as an assistant, I actually try now to use all my available resources before I reach out to her to ask Mm. the question Mm -hmm. because I want to see if I can figure it out 
myself because the point is, right, she's delegating to me so that her time can be spent elsewise. So right. if I'm I'm asking her things that's sucking her time away from what she wants to be doing, you know, I'm not doing my job as effectively. So I think that there's that there's that there's that balance, you know. It's it's sure. it's about and I guess in a way that's a boundary too, right? Mm. Like she was driving home last night she was listening to a podcast and i had a question and i was like oh i don't want to interrupt like her whole <laughs> moment in the car with the podcast like let's see if i can figure this out and nice. i could so that's i mean i i it, it's just important you know no one wants to be on 24 hours right. a day even when you have access to a friend like that you don't want to like abuse that relationship yeah it, you know I'm, I'm so glad that we went here and again i didn't expect to, to go here but when we talk about boundaries having been on the other side of that as well as the company that photographers are outsourcing to it's it's interesting sometimes and i'm, I'm sure i've been guilty of it going the other way um, with companies that i've worked with either in my personal or professional life but it's interesting how photographers when they for themselves are in a desperate mode most or all consideration goes out the door for the fact that it might be Sunday at 9.30 p.m. And I have I have a life that goes beyond my company. And, and it's a funny thing to, I guess, admit out loud, especially in a public forum like this. But I think, I think it's just reality. You know, as much as I want to take mm -hmm. care of my clients and serve them, and I know how stressed out I can get if, if something that I need to be done isn't done well or on time or right or whatever it might be. Um, or I just have a, you know, let's say a client that that's pressuring me and now I'm feeling the pressure and I have to get this thing done. I, I can empathize with all those things, but there, there are realities at the end of the day, which is that we all do want a bit of kind of lines drawn a little bit of room space for the sake of a personal life. And at some point the business does need to be set aside. And so the reason I'm saying all this is it's important for our listeners to remember that when you are delegating, whether it's to an individual or to another company, that there be a little bit of consideration um, taken uh, for the sake of those on the other side, because we we aren't just because we're an entity that happens to be serving you doesn't mean that we can do that twenty four seven, <laughs> and that we're supposed right. to drop everything that you know immediately whenever you need something. Um, I, I think that's important to remember. And just to add to that, and would love your take, especially Andreka, being in the photography industry and and delegating editing work. But when when it comes to what I've seen, and when when we've dealt with angsty photographers who are like need this thing done right now, how dare you? Blah blah blah. And what I see in this situation, having been a photographer and being able to look at kind of the bigger picture, is that there's kind of poor time management on the part of the photographer, right? They're upset that, that the order was a day late, and I'll take responsibility all day long for an order being a day late because our, our, at the end of the day, our team isn't going to be perfect 100% of the time. But the reality is the photographer created such a tight deadline for themselves and their client that now that expectation can't be effectively met. So they're frantic. They are freaked out, stressing out, pissed off. And the reality is that could have been mitigated had they created a little bit of cushion. And of course, the wonderful thing about creating a cushion for a deadline is that you can then beat expectations when you deliver the thing sooner than the client expected. What are your, your thoughts on that? I'm open to thoughts from both of you. Andre, especially though, being on the, in the, the uh, photography industry. Well, I think oftentimes the longer you're in business, the more you realize. And to be honest... If you can last in a business, you start. You, I don't think you will last in a business if you don't have this realization, and mm. that's that it's not one thing. 
and communication with your clients is so important. So like if this were had happened to me and I was delayed, I would have already set up a talk with my communication with my clients to say, hey, here's a sneak peek. I'm going to have the rest for you tomorrow or just talking it out because everyone's human. And I think, again, like how I said, check your ego at the door and I have a lot more patience and all the other things the longer I've been in business to, again, realize it's going to be fine. And you're balancing all these things and that people do have lives and they're not your business. You are the only one that can really care about your business as much as anyone else. And I think other people forget that, even especially when you're dealing with other companies and outsourcing. So if you are going to get ready to hire and outsource, be ready to know that those people aren't going to care as much as you are, no matter how much you want them to. Sure. And that you need to care about their lives just as much to really have a strong working relationship. And I think the ones that last the longest, no matter who you're working with, a company or not, is to also realize, again, like other people have lives, too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Andreki, you're exceptionally gracious. I, I would I would venture that not every photographer is thinking so kindly and graciously. I, I'm thinking a little bit more on a practical level, too, which is back to that conversation about the, the time frames, the expectations that we're setting for our clients just to, to minimize stress on everyone's part, build a cushion in because the reality and, and for you know anybody listening in or watching who hasn't realized this yet because maybe you're new to business, the reality is a lot of times, and maybe even many times or even most times, things don't go quite as smoothly as we expect them to or they don't get done as quickly as we expect them to. And in order to mitigate stress, uh, which I know is super important to me as an individual, as a business owner, that we need to build a little bit of cushion into whatever expectations we have, regardless of the situation, especially though, when it comes to delegating, just because that will help mitigate stress and problems and ultimately create a good experience for everybody involved. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that. Any, I mean, as we, you know what I love? Yeah. I love about it when you, because again, it's like, Leveraging expectations. Like I tell my clients, they're going to get six weeks before they get their wedding photos. That's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. That gives a lot of space. So I love it. Like when I go to photographer's edit and it says it's going to be three days and it's two days, I'm like, yes. (laughs) So then the same thing. If I sell my clients, it's going to be six weeks and it's four weeks. They're stoked. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And we, you know? we do try to, we've realized the significance of expectations, especially with the turnaround times. And that's one of the things that we did. Now, now when you go to place an order at the very top of that ordering page, there is a, an estimated turnaround time. So immediately we're setting that expectation before somebody even places an order so that they don't get upset after the fact. Cause they're like, but I thought we're immediately setting those expectations up front. I think that's huge. Um, I, this has been this has been a really fun conversation. I love how it's just kind of flowed organically. And and Becky, I really appreciate you making time to to sit down with us too to to lend your perspective to the conversation. Um, I wanted to pop up here somehow. I hadn't done this yet. I normally do this earlier on in the conversation. But Andreka, for everybody listening and or watching, Andreka's website. So it's andrekaphotography.com, A N D R E J K A photography.com. And uh, on Instagram, the same thing, Andreka Photography. And of course, I have to pull up your website really quick, Andreka, here um, and, and just kind of scroll through. I love this first image, by the way. For those of you who are listening to the audio, you, you need to go to andrekaphotography.com and just see this first image, the, the brilliant capture of emotion. Um, Andreka, you're, you're working out of, what would you say now? I mean, it, two different primary markets? I would say just Northern Michigan. I mean, Florida's there a little bit, but yeah. really more northern Michigan. Again, like I'm trying to create more freedom in my life to just go spend six months in Bali. <laughs> Which is, is so brilliant. And and I'll pop over here to your Instagram account, too, while we've got the, the web pulled up. 
Um, but for those of you listening in that want to, to follow Andreka, make sure that you go to Andreka Photography, give her a follow, and, um, and reach out, say hello. And Becky, I'm, I'm not going to post your, your personal information all over the place so you don't get a bunch of DMs or, or emails or yeah. anything. But um, <laughs> maybe, maybe at some point, if, if you're interested in, in putting uh, or making yourself available for other assistant work too, we can, we can pass the word through Andreka and she can put it out there. Uh, for everybody who might be following Andreka, but I, I really just appreciate both your time today. Any closing words, any closing thoughts before we sign off here? Uh, I do have just one thing, and yeah. I think this is kind of crucial to all of it. We were talking about shared values, right? Mm -hmm. And even though I knew Andreka really well as a person, I didn't know her as a business person. Mm. So a lot of our conversations were, I think, organically, but ultimately about communicating the values of her business, the values of her brand in the way that I could internalize that sure. and do all the creative work that I needed to do for her in her voice. So I think I just wanted to make that last point because we're talking so much about communication that, that that's not something that I think people, your values aren't something people just really pick up on. I think it's something that you really have to make an effort to articulate mm. over and over again, no matter how well they know you, mm. um, to make sure that that you know that they're clear. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the significance again of communication, setting expectations, mm -hmm. and and yeah. especially in, in the context of an assistant, but potentially in other roles as well. Setting the baseline, which is here, my value set. This is what my brand yeah. represents. This is what I represent. I want to make sure yeah. in everything that we do together that that is reflected. I think that's a, a really important point to note. So I'm, again, I'm glad that you bring that up. That's super good. Well, well, and you know what's great is Becky then goes in and reminds me. Like, so when I'm going off track, <laughs> it's almost like I have someone else. Like I had said that both of you have actually taught me things along the way. And because mm. I work with people that I actually respect their brains, I actually listen. Mm. And so when Becky has opinions and thoughts, like there's one thing we're going to work on this summer that she's been pushing me to do for like a year. And I've okay. been like, oh. And she's gonna do it. We're gonna do it. <laughs> but I love you that know you what I'm talking that. about. No, but I, I love that you said that that premise of the relationship. You know, and we've talked extensively at this point about communication, but the fact that there is room for that conversation to be had, I think, is good. And we should definitely look for people that are willing to give us that feedback. It's interesting, actually. As much as photographers are, are kind of stubborn people, we've found over the years at Photographers Edit. The same time, the, the number of people that actually want our feedback, they're like, "Will you tell me how I can do this better?" do that better, how I can create the style. They, plenty of photographers want that kind of relationship. And if that baseline expectation, again, is established for open communication, I think the working relationship at the end of the day benefits greatly. And then the overall experience is much better as a result. So this is good stuff. Um, I, I think we'll kind of end on that note. I'm going to pop up Andreka's website here on the screen one more time, andrekaphotography.com. Follow her there and on Instagram at andrekaphotography. Thank you to both of you again for doing this today. This has been cool. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>